Hello, this is Nikta from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 31st of January. India reported a little over 13,000 new COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally now stands at over 1.07 crores or 10.7 million. Under 130 fresh fatalities were reported nationwide and the overall death toll stood at the 1,54,000 mark. More than 37 lakh people have been administered the COVID-19 vaccine as of last evening under the nationwide vaccination drive that started on the 16th of January. 71 incidents of AEFIs or adverse events following immunization have been recorded in the country so far. According to the Health Ministry data of the total beneficiaries vaccinated till now, the highest number of people were vaccinated in Uttar Pradesh followed by Rajasthan, Karnataka and Maharashtra. Meanwhile, the centre today allowed cinema halls and theatres across the country to function with 100% occupancy from 1st of February. This came around 10 months after the coronavirus-induced restrictions were first put in place. Our story of the week this time is the farmers' protest. We shall come back to it later during the episode. Former West Bengal Minister and Trinamool Congress or TMC member Rajiv Banerjee joined the Bharatiya Janata Party in Delhi today. This came a day after the politician quit the Mamta Banerjee-led TMC. Five other leaders from the TMC camp also joined him to switch over to the BJP. They were formally inducted into the party by BJP leader and Union Home Minister Amit Shah. Rajiv Banerjee along with the other MLAs flew to Delhi last evening on a special flight from Kolkata. BJP's National Vice President Mukul Roy and West Bengal leader Kailash Vijayvargya accompanied them. The political exodus from the TMC began in December last year when one of the close aides of Mamta Banerjee and former State Minister Suvendu Adhikari quit the party. Adhikari, who had publicly expressed his dissatisfaction with his party for a long time, joined the BJP during Amit Shah's two-day visit to Bengal in December. Besides Adhikari, six other MLAs of TMC, one each from the Communist Party of India Marxist, the Communist Party of India and the Congress also joined the BJP. Two-time TMC MP Sunil Mondal also switched to the BJP. In a tightening of oversight on academic freedom, publicly funded universities and professors will now have to get permission from the Ministry of External Affairs or MEA to conduct online international conferences centred around sensitive subjects. The centre has announced that events related to national security or which are quote-unquote clearly related to India's internal matters will have to get approval by the MEA before the online seminars. In addition, state government ministers, government officials, including doctors and scientists, will also have to first seek approval from the foreign ministry if they wish to participate in the said online events. While the term sensitive subjects was vaguely defined as anything that is political, scientific, technical, commercial and personal, the phrase internal matters was left for the government to decide on. Online news website Scroll analysed another set of revised guidelines issued in January by the Ministry of Education. As per the guidelines, a virtual conference organised by a government department or a publicly funded university will require approval from their administrative secretary. The guidelines also read that before granting permission, the applicable ministry will need to ensure that the subject matter for the online event is not related to security of state, border, northeast states, the union territories of Jammu and Kashmir and Ladakh or any other issues which are clearly or purely related to India's internal matters. For conferences that involve discussions around these specific topics, approval will be required from the Ministry of External Affairs. In addition, the names of all the participants in the virtual events will have to be approved in advance by the government as well. 
Ahead of the assembly elections in Tamil Nadu scheduled for May this year, BJP chief JP Nadda announced yesterday that the BJP will fight this year's state elections with the governing AIADMK or All India Anna Dravida Munetra Kazagam. This is the first formal announcement by the BJP that it will be fighting the state elections with the AIADMK. The Tamil Nadu party in November last year had said it would tie up with the BJP. The BJP and the AIADMK had fought the general elections together in 2019. The AIADMK had earlier announced that Chief Minister Palani Swami would remain the contender for the state's top post. It had also said that the regional party would take precedence in the alliance. Meanwhile, AIADMK's main opposition in the state, DMK, told India Today in an interview yesterday that its alliance with the Congress will continue for the assembly elections. DMK Chief MK Stalin said that there was no doubt about the DMK Congress alliance in the state. The AIADMK had defeated DMK in the 2011 assembly polls when the former chief minister late Jayalalitha had led the party to victory. It won again in 2016 before the DMK bounced back with a strong performance in last year's Lok Sabha elections. The following news story contains descriptions of sexual violence. Please consider this a trigger warning. After the recent controversial verdict given by the Bombay High Court additional judge Pushpa Ganeriwala, the Supreme Court Collegium yesterday withdrew its recommendation to appoint her as a permanent judge in the High Court. The Supreme Court Collegium decides on the appointment, confirmation and transfer of judges. The Bombay High Court judge while giving the contentious verdict had acquitted a man accused of sexually assaulting a minor girl on 19th of January. Ganeriwala had observed that groping a child's breast without skin-to-skin contact does not amount to sexual assault under the POSCO Act. The verdict was put on hold by the Supreme Court on Wednesday. In a later judgment, she had observed that holding a minor's hands and unzipping one's pants in front of a minor will not fall under the definition of sexual assault under the POSCO Act. She had added, however, that these two acts constitute sexual harassment. Coming back to our story of the week. The Prime Minister in his monthly monologue Man Ki Baat today brought up the events of Republic Day. While he praised the Republic Day parade, Prime Minister Modi on the other hand also said, and I quote, India was shocked to witness the insult of the tricolor on 26th of January. Unquote. However, it has been proven by multiple fact-checking websites including Alt News that the Indian flag was not taken down from the ramparts of the Red Fort on 26th of January. A protester had climbed atop and unfurled the Nishan Sahib flag next to it. The Nishan Sahib, a saffron-colored flag with a two-edged dagger as a central motif, is a religious flag that belongs to the Sikh community. It can be commonly found at all gurudwaras and Sikh events. In fact, the Nishan Sahib flag is also hoisted as a mark of honor during non-religious ceremonies. There is a long history of victory behind it. In the 18th century, Sikh rulers fought the Mughals in Delhi and hoisted the same flag at the Red Fort to mark their victory. Nevertheless, unfounded rumors began making the rounds that the flag belonged to the Khalistan movement, a separatist ideology seeking an autonomous land for the Sikhs. Not far from the Red Fort at the Republic Day parade this year, the Punjab tableau also featured the Nishan Sahib flag. Also, what a section of media, especially television news, chose not to cover was how the protests had a huge number of Indian flags on tractors and also those on foot were carrying them. Coming back to the events of yesterday, At 6:44 p.m. last evening, the Delhi police detained two journalists covering the farmers' protests at the Singhu border. Mandeep Punia is a freelance reporter who was on assignment for the Caravan magazine and Dharminder Singh works for Online News India. News Laundry reporters who were out all night covering the events at Singhu tried their best to find out more about the whereabouts of these two journalists to no avail. The police were refusing to divulge any information including handing out a copy of the FIR. 
Later this morning, our reporters found out that Dharmendra was released at around 5 a.m. this morning on an undertaking that he would not do such things again. Mandeep, meanwhile, had an FIR registered against him at the Alipur police station at 1.21 a.m. He was booked under penal code provisions related to offences of obstructing, assaulting or voluntarily hurting public officials and criminal act done by several persons in furtherance of the common intention of all. In the FIR, the police claimed that they had tightened security and put up barricades at Singhu after a clash between the farmers and a group of locals occurred on Friday. On Friday's episode, that is 29th of January, my colleague Meghnath had updated you about the violence that occurred at the Singhu border when a group of around 200 people, claiming to be local residents, stormed into the protest site despite heavy security and demanded that the farmers vacate the area. The group was seen stone-pelting and damaging tents of the farmers. The police were accused of alleged inaction initially. Later, however, they fired tear gas shells and baton charged the crowd. Farmers alleged that the people were not local residents but hired goons. The fact-checking website Alt News identified BJP supporters among the mob. One of the people identified was Aman Dabas. Dabas is married to BJP Municipal Councillor Anju Kumar. Coming back to Saturday at around 6.30pm, 10 to 15 people whom the police in the FIR called Pradarshan Kari or protesters tried to breach the barricades four or five times, compelling the police to use quote-unquote minimal force to stop them. The FIR alleges that during the event, Mandeep pulled a government official called Rajkumar who fell down in a ditch and had to be picked up by the police. Mandeep himself sustained a few injuries. However, the police's version of the journalist's arrest differs from what eyewitnesses told news laundry reporters. They said that a local resident wanting to cross the barricades got into an argument with the police and Mandeep began filming it, only to be caught and dragged away by the police. A video of Mandeep being manhandled by the police has also gone viral on social media. His wife, Leela Shri, said that she went to the Samaipur Badli police station early this morning with a fresh set of clothes for her husband. On reaching there, she asked for a copy of the FIR, but her request went unheeded. In the last three days, the police have filed FIRs against nine Indian journalists nationwide. Six journalists and Congress leader Shashi Tharoor were charged with sedition and other offences in multiple BJP-governed states. In addition to the two journalists who were picked up by the Delhi police yesterday, Uttar Pradesh police also filed an FIR against Siddharth Varadrajan, the editor of The Wire, for publishing a report on the death and post-mortem of protester Navreet Singh, who died during the Republic Day tractor rally. The Wire report claims that Navreet's family have refused to accept the Delhi police's claim that he died because his tractor overturned and insists that he was shot. According to The Wire, the family have also raised doubts about the post-mortem report. A meeting was held at the Press Club of India yesterday to protest against the registration of FIRs against six journalists on charges of sedition. Among those present were Rajdeep Sardesai, President of the Indian Women Press Corps Jyoti Malhotra and lawyer Sanjay Hegre. Suhasini Haider, national editor of The Hindu, who was present at the meeting, told our reporter Akanksha, and I quote, The government cannot use British-era laws like sedition and criminal defamation to stifle the voice of journalists. Each of the journalists who have been served with sedition notices represent all journalists and the government, in a sense, is trying to tell all journalists that they can act against them. Unquote. Read Akanksha's complete report on the meeting titled, A Mistake is Not a Crime. Press Fraternity Protests Sedition FIRs Against Six Journalists. Also, you can keep a track on the farmers' protests through our ground reports which are available on newslaundry.com and also through our social media handles like Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Dear listeners, as you can see, media, that is the fourth pillar of democracy, is in dire straits. 
On one hand, we have a large section of television news bending backwards to cater to the current regime, spreading misinformation and inciting disharmony. And on the other hand, we have honest journalists who are trying to do their job despite malicious forces hell-bent on intimidating them. You all have seen the role small and independent media organizations like News Laundry have played during the course of this protest, bringing you realities from the ground despite all odds. Our reporters have been working very hard. Basant and Nidhi were out past midnight yesterday covering the events at Singhu. So please do show them your appreciation by subscribing to News Laundry. We do not depend on any advertisements from the government or any corporates. And a monthly subscription costs as less as 300 rupees only. And now for some news from the world of arts and culture. Earlier this week, on the country's 72nd Republic Day, one of the winners of the Padma Shri, the country's fourth highest civilian honour, was 80-year-old Lakha Khan, a Sindhi Sarangi player and a vocalist from Rajasthan. Khan is one of the few musicians in the country to play the Sindhi Sarangi, a folk fiddle capable of emulating the human voice. He also sings alongside. According to an Indian Express report, Khan, who belongs to the Manganyar community of Muslims, has faced caste discrimination in his own state, despite being a folk music legend there. For centuries now, the caste arrangement has been such that the Manganyars are considered a low-caste Muslim community. They have been attached to Rajasthan's Rajput community and worked as their judgman or under their patronage for centuries. Manganyar literally means someone who survives by begging. The musicians have traditionally performed at weddings, childbirth and family festivities, among other occasions. A lot of their songs, in fact, are in praise of Hindu deities and in celebration of Holi and Diwali. And now for some international updates. In Russia, the police have detained more than 450 people at rallies in Siberia and Russia's Far East today. The rallies were held to protest the jailing of Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny. The protesters came out in his support despite the biting cold, threat of arrest and the police's crackdown which was seen on protesters even last weekend. Rallies are also set to take place in Moscow and other cities later today. The police have said that the rallies were not authorised and will be broken up as they were last weekend. Over 4,000 protesters were detained at last week's rallies. Opposition leader and anti-corruption activist Navalny was arrested on 17th of January after returning to Moscow from Germany where he had been recovering from a nerve agent poisoning. He had accused the Russian president Vladimir Putin of ordering his murder, which was denied by the Kremlin. Navalny had fallen into a coma in August last year while he was on a domestic flight from Siberia to Moscow. Forensic tests had revealed that he had been exposed to the Novichok nerve agent. Russian authorities had refused to open a full-fledged criminal inquiry, claiming a lack of evidence that he was poisoned. After recovering in Germany when he returned to Russia this January, he was jailed for 30 days after Russia's prison service alleged that he had violated the parole terms of his suspended sentence from 2014. In 2014, he was convicted in a money laundering case that he had rejected as a political revenge. Talking of Navalny, Reuters reported today that Navalny, the World Health Organization and climate campaigner Greta Thunberg are among those nominated for this year's Nobel Peace Prize. All three entities are backed by Norwegian lawmakers who have a track record of picking the winner. Thousands of people from members of parliaments worldwide to former winners are eligible to propose candidates. Nominations which close on Sunday do not imply an endorsement from the Nobel Committee. WHO was nominated for its COVAX program to secure fair access to COVID-19 vaccines for poor countries. Thunberg was named as one of the foremost spokespeople in the fight against climate crisis. Navalny, nominated by Russian academics, was named for his efforts for a peaceful democratization of Russia. 
And now for a brief update on global COVID-19 figures. More than 102 million people have been infected by the virus so far, while over 2 million people have lost their lives to the pandemic. And now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. In this week's episode of Newslaundry Hafta, the panel was joined by Hartosh Singh Bal, the political editor of The Caravan magazine. The discussion spanned from the Farmers' Republic Day tractor rally, Rajdeep Sardesai being taken off air and comedian Munawar Farooqi being denied bail. Here is a small teaser from the episode. First of all, I was not surprised that the route was broken on the morning. And anybody who's been following the protest with any degree of closeness already knew this was going to be happening. I will, I mean, on Jan 25th, about 3 p.m. in the afternoon, I put out a tweet. I said, I doubted the implications of the statement of Sarvan Singh Pandey, General Secretary of the Kisan Mazdoor Sangash Committee, have yet sunk in. All bets are off for tomorrow, and the Delhi police's attempts to enforce a route for the tractor rally seem to have failed. This is on Jan 25 afternoon, I have tweeted this out. Yeah? The Delhi police itself has been quoted on, I read out a story to you, NDTV story from the 25th, yeah? which claims that uh, mischievous elements can create a law and order situation and says that the ISI and Khalistani groups will be creating trouble on Republic Day. Two things come out from here. One is that the deviation from the route by a large number of protesters was predictable. The background to this, you must understand, is that when this whole tractor rallied, and I hold the farm leaders, however much they may shirk away from it, also accountable for this, had made it clear that it would be entering Delhi. What was the demand of most of the people in the protest side, Singhu and Tikri, was that they should be allowed to touch the outer ring road. The route that was finally settled with the Delhi police and the leaders did not touch the outer ring road at the points that they wanted. It created dissatisfaction among the younger elements at Singhu, and this was very clear over the last two days. Among the people addressing the younger elements was Lakha Sudhana, who has his own history, and Deep Sidhu. Whether Deep Sidhu is a plant or not, I think people are trying to make all sorts of justifications. He's been close to the BJP, entered politics through Sunny Deol. Does that make him necessarily BJP? Being an associate of Sunny Deol, not necessarily. But those are the facts on the ground. To get access to the full podcast, head over to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button. It will also allow you to enjoy an entire range of subscriber-only content. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 